everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. I'm continuing my conversation with Linda Oliver and Matthew Eichard. Uh, Last week, if you tuned in, we talked about fears of the youth worker dealing with parents and youth ministry uh, for this fourth season. We're kind of digging into this theme of ministering alongside parents and trying to, to deal with some of the common questions, the common issues, scenarios that come up in student ministry and uh, discussing those a little bit. And so if you tuned in last week, you know that this week we were going to be talking about the busyness epidemic. Um, we know that our culture is just exceedingly busy. Uh, it's not just in yeah, student ministry, not just in households, jobs, career, all kinds of busyness everywhere. Um, so I guess as we, we start this off, um, uh, Matthew, do you, do you want to begin just maybe describing kind of your uh, climate that you're ministering in at Clemson Press? Sure, I'd be happy to, John. Um, well, I think, you know, again, kind of remembering um, where we are and, and who we are is an essential part of ministry. And uh, Clemson Press is, is somewhat unique in that the town of Clemson is somewhat unique. Um, uh, the counties that surround Clemson are, are for the most part, uh, pretty sparsely populated. Um, there is kind of a um, a low sense of, of educational achievement on the, on the part of many who live in those counties. Um, and, you know, in terms of the average income, they would be really, I mean, some of the lowest in the state. Um, and then kind of in the midst of that, you have a massive public university um, that's obviously championing um, academic success. Um, in recent years, there have been lots of monies and lots of energy and time poured into athletic success um, as well. And so <clears throat> kind of ministering in the shadow of that university um, lends, I think, it, it itself to, to some interesting challenges and to um, kind of, you know, what you just described as, as a busyness epidemic. Um, I think, you know, our our people here in Clemson uh, tend to think that um, the harder you work, the more you will achieve, um, and that achieving more is um, extremely American and <laughs> beneficial and good. Um, even in a moral sense, it's good. Um, the idea of, of kind of overcommitting, I, I don't know that that enters um, most of the people's minds in my particular context, um, because so many of the things that they are committing themselves to, and I'll throw myself in there, so many of the things that we are committing ourselves to here are really, you know, good things, or or at least, you know, not moral evils or things that could be tagged as as wastes of time or or unhelpful. Um, I think obviously, you know, you have a, a strong sense of, of being the overachiever because, you know, being accepted to Clemson University is becoming more and more difficult, as I know is, is true of many universities across the country. Um, and the more extracurriculars you can engage yourself in, the better you look on a transcript. Right. Um, and so I, I don't I don't know that if we're going to call it a busyness epidemic, at least, you know, where I find myself in ministry 
it would it would be a disease <laughs> that everyone has, but that no one knows about. Um, because you know, if, if it's just the way of life for everyone, then it doesn't really seem to be out of the the ordinary or or harmful in any way. And so I think that's just kind of the air that we breathe here um, and the water we're swimming in. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, Linda, do you want to describe your context a little bit? I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of overlap and similarity, but as you know, you hear some of what Matthew says and some of the ways in which he's describing the context, you know, what are some similar things you see? Just give us a little more thoughts about your context. Sure. So, yeah, I think, the church here, um, a lot of the families just are prioritizing lots of other things other than the church. Um, you know, I've had parents who they want their kids to be able to be more involved in church and youth group activities, but they say it it just never works with their schedule. Um, and they've got a different sport every season and other things that they're trying to do. Um, even this summer, I noticed that we had students who, um, just did a lot during the summer. Like even summer wasn't a restful time for them. They were doing a camp one week and then workouts and practices for a sport at their school the next week. And then they were doing tutoring and driver's ed and not getting more sleep during the summer than during the school year. Um, so there, there are a number of students that we barely see during the summer because they're just so busy, even at a time that you would normally think would be more restful for students. They've got a lot on their plates. Hmm. And I guess just going back at that, why would you guys say that that is? I mean, I guess maybe one kind of practical thought is to keep them out of trouble. You know, we just think, OK, if we keep our children busy and involved, that's going to keep them from doing things they, they shouldn't do. Um, but but what are y'all's thoughts on that of just why are the schedules so crazy um, in, in the summer, but then also the school years? Um, I, I guess I'll kind of jump in there. I, I, this is something I think about a lot, um, and I, I'll put a lot of my cards on the table here. It's particularly something that I think about a lot because it was not really the way my home operated when I was growing up. I mean, just kind of give you a little bit of a context. I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. It was 40 minutes to town. Um, my parents were kind of real clear with me about you can be involved in one extracurricular and that's it. Um, so, you know, choose whether you want it to be a music or sport or, I mean, that's, that's kind of all you get. And so I, I mean, I struggle to really understand kind of a lot of what I see in, in families' lives because it just wasn't something that I experienced firsthand um, growing up. Um, but I think, you know, as I look into the lives of our families here, um, the, the two things that I, I kind of come back to early and often is I think, you know, one, there is a legitimate, and I think it, it begins as a legitimate godly desire on the part of parents to see that their children have every advantage um, and, and are well provided for in life. And I think, you know, what begins as a, as a healthy, godly, biblical Christian desire very quickly becomes we have to provide Johnny or Sally with every single possible avenue 
of either, you know, success, whether that's, you know, academically that translates into financially um, or, you know, kind of for his or her personal happiness. So if he's going to perceive any kind of joy or receive any kind of joy from this, we have to let him do it. If this is going to make her happy, absolutely, it's going to be a part of the schedule. So I think that's one thing of, of parents really wanting to do right by their kids and then kind of getting caught up or, you know, our senior minister here will use the expression kind of the, they get on the treadmill and before they know it, the treadmill is running at 15 miles an hour. Um, I think the other thing um, kind of tapping into just 21st century American life because of the way the information moves so quickly now, I think our people are just not very good at being bored. And, and that's, that's not an indictment of Clemson. It's just, I think that's me. That's life. That's, that's who we are now that the idea of not being engaged in every moment of every day or not having something to do it is really kind of scary for a lot of us. And so I think we just look to fill all of our time with activity. Now that's a yeah, very good point. I mean, I just think of the, just idolatry of fun and entertainment um, that, you know, we don't want, you know, the fun to stop. And so we just keep, we go to the next fun thing and we add another thing and we just, you know, don't want to stop. And I mean, that really kind of gets at even just kind of self-reflection because when we actually stop and things are quiet and boredom may come about, we, we are exposed to some of the darkness of our heart and we have to deal with some of those sins that come to the surface. And so we just want to kind of numb that, you know, with busyness. Um, Linda, I hope you, you don't get cut out, but uh, would you like to respond to any of that? And also just kind of, uh, you know, um, why kind of answering that question of why are, you know, parents uh, pursuing so much of this, why are families pursuing just uh, so much activity? I think one of the things I always come back to with this is that they've been sold on the narrative. Our culture um, is is telling that that life is found in success or found in all these different things, um, and and that life is not found in Christ. You know, and I've I've heard parents and even students thinking through issues before of should I continue to do this extracurricular that takes up a lot of my time. Um, and I think that when you kind of whittle down what they're thinking through it, it really does kind of come down to that. A lot of the time is, is, well, if they give this up, then maybe they won't make it to the Olympics one day. And they could have, <laughs> even if they're giving up that life is not found in living in life is not found in winning the Olympics or going to it. Like their, their life will not be any worse for going or not going, um, because life is found in Christ mm-hmm. and not in those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this this might go back to kind of last week and just fears of a youth worker dealing with, with parents, but 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 how how do you guys as youth workers and this could be you specifically, it could be other friends you have in youth ministry, how do you push back on this? You know, how do you I mean, as we we're talking about this and we we've said typically the parents are older than we are. Um, how how can youth workers lovingly, graciously challenge uh, parents uh, in this area? You know, to to have 
the church as a priority to have your children in Sunday school, in church, in, uh, you know, Wednesday night programs or other, whatever night of the week it is. How, how do you guys think you can push back on that? Um, I think that one of the things I've thought through a good bit recently is just how I think families need to be encouraged in the importance of rest um, the importance of honoring how God made us with limits as humans. We are not um, omnipotent and we can't be omnipresent like God. And he, he made us to require rest and sleep. Um, and the, the importance of that, um, I think, is just so beyond what most of us understand. I think you even got into it, some of it with your elective and the summer, John, just the importance of of sleep um, for the development and the health of our students um, is just such a big thing. And I, I think that um, they, they need to be encouraged in, in that a lot of the time and, and um, push, push back a little bit and thinking through like, okay, um, are, are we making decisions for our family and for our children that allow this to be part of their lives too? Yeah, I think, um, Linda really started hitting on so much of what I would say to that when she was talking about identity. Um, and, and kind of the way that I would approach that is really just asking parents the why question. Um, why is this something that is, that that's receiving so much of your time and energy and, and oftentimes money? Um, you know, what benefit do you see this actually sort of securing for your child and at a bigger level for your entire family? Um, because I think again, it is, and I'm not a parent, so I have to be very careful here, but I I am a human. (laughs) It's just easy to kind of get caught up in the, the cultural narrative and to just start running down that road, living that kind of life without actually ever asking, why am I doing this? How does this actually fit into the things that that I do deeply want for my child and for our home? Um, you know, because you, you can start a kid off playing coach's pitch when they're teeny tiny and before you know it, it's morphed into two travel teams and six day a week, seven day a week practices, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, if we're being honest. And, you know, you just never stopped to ask the why question between the ages of six and 16 um, as things just kind of really started ramping up. And, you know, if we can come back to what Linda just said about if you if you had the talent to make the Olympics but you didn't go to the Olympics, your life is still good because it's securing Christ and you're taking up his calling upon your life to be one of his people. Um, (laughs) And that's, that's, that's tough, but I think it's something we have to lean in and say. Mm, Yeah. Really good. Both of you. Um, Something I was thinking as we're talking about this, just getting a little more specific uh, to your ministries and the struggles uh, that you're dealing with, and, and you know how is this busyness epidemic manifesting itself in your youth group? You know, just the, the busy culture that we're dealing with, the students that are involved, and in all these travel teams, and what struggles are 
are being created because of this busyness epidemic? Uh, specifically, what are you guys dealing with? I, mean, I think, first of all, it, it, we end up with less attendance than we um, would like a lot of the time. You know, and so as we're preparing for small groups or different events and stuff, and we're thinking, we probably need this many small group leaders, but then it turns out that we have kind of a wacky ratio on some weeks of students to adults because so many students are out for sports or, or whatever. Um, and we've had, uh, sometimes, uh, parents can want us to kind of accommodate things to their schedules, um, you know, so whether it's asking us to, to plan a specific event at a time when their student can come and it's a student who rarely comes to anything else we do um, or whatever it is, um, we have to navigate those conversations and and say, you know, we're, we're, we'll consider what you've said, um, but we also kind of can't make promises to them in those conversations because we have to we have to make sure that we're planning things in a way that that is faithful to reach all of our students as, as best as we can. And not just that one who hasn't been able to come to things. Um, so those, those are some of the things that we see and are, are navigating. Yeah. I, I think, um, one of the things that, that we see and, and it kind of goes to the idea of, of competition, right. And, and you hate to say it in those terms, but, um, I, I would say that by and large, we don't necessarily have many parents who are, using the church to teach the lessons of discipline and commitment. Um, I, I think every single parent in our ministry would say, yes, absolutely. The church is important. The church is vital. The church is necessary. The church is good. I mean, I want my kids to be in church, but when it comes to the, the idea of, of, of taking up the discipline of, of engaging in the life of the church, and by that, I don't just mean attendance at programs of the church, but really engaging in the broader life of the church and being committed um, to that time, that energy, that that I mean, quite honestly, the sacrifice that that requires of us. Um, those are lessons typically being taught in the classroom and on the ball field, um, not not here in the life of the church. And so, you know, again, as Linda just said, we'll see a lot of the, man, we're so glad that you're doing that. That's wonderful. Wish my kid could be there, but mm, they committed to this team and they really got to be there for this tournament. And so, you know, what I don't hear often is my child is actually a communing member of this church. And we appreciate the fact that the team is taking a trip this weekend, but that's not going to happen because he or she has to take up the responsibilities of, of being a healthy church member. I mean, that quite honestly, that kind of conversation would probably put me on the seat of my pants. Cause I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that it actually happened. But um, I, I think that's kind of, you know, sort of the, again, just the culture, the way of life that's, that's been established for so many here. And it's so hard because I mean, as soon as you start getting into, you know, just challenging sports, for example, I mean, we could say extracurriculars. I mean, it can be the drama club, the, you know, chess team, what, what, whatever, an extracurricular of your choice. Um, it, it's hard to do that delicately as the, the youth worker. And, uh, you know, there's definitely that tension, as you, as you said, Matthew, 
you know, they're communing members of your church. I mean, they've taken vows to, to, to support uh, the church and her worship and work to the best of their ability. <clears throat> and I know all churches are different, have different, you know, church vows that they take to um, become members of a church. But, you know, I've wrestled with just as a youth worker, what is my responsibility to properly disciple this student? Um, because that, that's where some of the issues that I ran into, and I'd love for you two to react to this. Do you have students in your ministry who are bothered with the schedules that the parents have set for them, where the, the parents may want them to pursue this athletic career that the students don't necessarily want, or the students want to be in church, um, but the, the schedule that the, the family has set up just doesn't allow for that. How, how do you guys enter into discipling a student properly in the midst of kind of this tension that the family has set up that was kind of rambling did, did that make sense <laughs> take your silence as a no it did not make sense <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking okay good good i think yeah. matthew was about to say something and then linda I, I, can jump in yeah you go for it sure um i, I think it's 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 important to remember somebody a long time ago, and I don't remember who it was exactly. They told me that in the context of youth ministry, you know, not not putting God in a box here, but you're just not going to be able to overcome the momentum of the home. Um, I mean, when when you think about the, the time and the influence or the time that parents spend with their children and the influence that they have over every aspect of their life, if a parent is fully convinced of a particular course of action, I mean, you know, you're just not going to be able to, to kind of break free of that as a, a 14, 15, 16 year old. Um, and so I think, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about last week, it, it's really important to spend time with parents to kind of help parents consider their motivations and their schedules and their desires and their pursuits. I mean, again, I think every parent wants a better life for their children than they have enjoyed personally. Um, and the way that we define better is really important. Um, better in what sense? Better in terms of popularity, better in terms of finances, better in terms of social standing, um, better in terms of, of, you know, the scholarships that you achieved or the acceptance letters that you received. Or are we talking about better in terms of a a more meaningful, uh, lifelong experience with the person of God through the merits of Jesus Christ. Um, and again, it may, maybe I'm a little weird or wacky or old school in this, but I believe that, that God has established the local church to be the place where the means of grace and ultimately his person are revealed and showed forth for the, for the good of his people. Um, and so just, I think, coming alongside parents and trying to, you know, say things like that or emphasize things like that um, in, in conversation and in the course of life are really important. Linda, are you still there? Ah, uh, lost Linda again. Um, yeah, I, I think some of it. Uh, yeah, can you, can you? Okay, we can, yeah, we can hear you, Linda. If you want to jump in on that, you can. Okay. Yeah, I could I could tell that like what Matthew was saying was like lagging for me. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm behind. <laughs> so I think there's no caught up. Um, except now it's telling me I have a poor network connection. Can you hear me? <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we can hear you. Yes. 
Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I think that what Matt is getting at there is good because I, I don't see myself in those conversations with students to want to encourage the students to kind of buck up against their parents' authority. You know, I think ultimately um, I have to support the parents' um, authority and that it's it's the parents' perspective um, that's going to have to change for there to be, uh, I think, substantive change to that sort of situation. Um, I've seen a few situations like that before where students are engaged in some sports they're not they're not super into but their parents want them to do it and um it's it's because of pressure that's coming from parents to to do these things and so i think it's that that slow change and in, in thinking having that long-term view and and trying to change the culture of of how parents and families in the church think um just through their priorities and, and those kinds of things yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it is hard. I mean, I know I've had those moments where I don't know if it was from a specific lesson I was teaching or, um, something, but, but it would spark a thought among a student and a student would come up to me. I mean, I, you know, off the top of my head, just have a few memories of, um, various conversations of students, uh, one in particular just saying, look, I'm, I'm exhausted and our family doesn't stop and we do so much and how can I rest? Um, you know, just, Realize, I mean, this is such a tough uh, answer to give to a student or a conversation to engage in because you realize you're pushing back, in a sense, against the influence of the home, Matthew, kind of as you were saying. Um, yeah, it just it creates some tension for sure, and it's going to be uh, some conflict. And um, like I said, you're, you're bumping up against some major idols uh, when you're dealing with you know, sports specifically, um, and, you know, the resume building, all of that, um, it's going to, to, to create some conflict. So there's really yeah, no easy answer. Um, uh, do you guys have any, uh, solutions for how you as a ministry, uh, can, can help the home be a little less busy? I, I mean, stating that another way, do, do you, uh, the church can be just as guilty of creating busyness as mm-hmm. the culture. Um, how do you guys, or do you guys as a ministry try to back off of programs or activities to, to help the home? And I'll, I guess I'll start there. Um, one of the things that we've really tried to do is just think about, you know, what our students actually need from the church and not necessarily what, you know, does every individual family or every individual student just want from the church? Um, and I'm not blaming anyone for this because I think our methodology changes all the time in any particular church or context. But when I came, you know, there were, I mean, there, there was a set study for Sunday school, a set study for Sunday night, a set study for Wednesday night, um, there were Friday afternoon Bible studies. There was a first Friday fellowship gathering. There were weekend retreats. There were summer camps. There were service projects. There, there was just so much going on that to kind of be all in with the, the youth ministry of our church meant that you were just giving up tons of time and tons of energy. And I mean, it, it, 
I think it was hard to know what to actually value or prioritize in the midst of all of that. Um, it was, I mean, probably a little confusing for some, um, just because there was so much information being disseminated through the course of any week too. Um, and so we've tried to pull back from a lot of that um, to really just a model that says we want to give our students enough time to learn so that God might see fit to transform them and enough time to, to be able to apply what they're learning in the context of a smaller group um, so that God might see fit to, to transform them through that means. And that's really, you know, John, Linda, that's that's kind of all we try to do on a regular basis. Um, we, we throw a couple weekend retreats in there and obviously we, we spend, you know, significant time in the summer together at a, at a conference. But I mean, that's, that's one of the ways that we try to be realistic about our schedule as a church, um, and encouraging others to try to be a little more realistic with their schedules as well. Yeah. You know, I know that can be, it's, it's a challenge. Um, because Matthew, I know, you know, there, there are parents in every ministry who think you're not doing enough. And then there are parents in every ministry who are saying you're doing too much. And so there's not a perfect balance. Uh, you're not going to be able to please everybody. But but I think, like you said, just trying to clarify, you know, some biblical priorities, some biblical parameters, um, and, you know, just looking at the week, looking at uh, how many times are students out a week because of your youth ministry on top of how many times they're already out because of other things. And, you know, there might be some who push back and say, well, look, the church doesn't need to surrender to the culture. The church needs to push back and they need to be setting the schedule. But uh, we know that's just not uh, the reality. And so one, one thing that, that that I know that was helpful for us is just to, to look at the seasons of life and to see there are some seasons that are busier than others. I mean, just Christmas, the, the month of December being one of those. And just seeing, okay, there's travel, there's obviously the holidays, you've got exams. And so just scaling back on activity, on programs, canceling programs during that season, I think is life-giving to families, it's life-giving to, to youth workers, and even the students that do miss it, as I've heard other people say, it's good for them to miss youth ministry. It's good for them to want it to be back on the schedule when it's been canceled. Um, so anyway, that's just something that's that's been helpful. Linda, I don't know if you're back and if you can kind of elaborate, but you were saying something about you know, scaled back maybe a little bit and then it cut out. Are you there? Yeah, can you all hear me? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I think one of the questions that we've considered is, are we as a youth staff operating at a pace where we feel like we can rest? Because if, if we're operating at a pace where we don't feel like we have enough time to rest, then that's probably not a good indication for, for our youth in our church either. And so that's kind of been the decision behind a number of the things that we've kind of paired back as a ministry, um, just events and things that we've gotten rid of or have done less of so that we have time to rest and we can model that to our people um and and we're giving them time to rest too because we're not asking too much of them that's really good yeah that, that's a helpful way to, to look at it of just use a staff being able to rest and if you're burning the candle at both ends then chances are your students are doing the same thing um linda matthew i know we need to be wrapping this up and as i said we would end with some encouragement linda if you're able to give us some encouragement as we kind of close out this discussion hopefully you're still there and can uh, give us some encouragement but uh, are you good to do that 
Yeah. Um, I think as I think about kind of fighting this busyness epidemic um, that affects our churches, it's one of those things that you have to take the long term view. Um, it's going to be slowly changed in the culture of a church. And so our job, I think, is just to to be faithful in the work of ministry um, and have confidence that God is building his church and he is pursuing his people and it's not up to us to to fix things um, and and make others see that their priorities need to be changed. Um, it's just up to us to, to be faithful and and God will do the work um, in His people over time. That's some excellent perspective. A good word uh, to end on, Matthew Linda. Thanks again for your time. Uh, they will be with us again next week as we look at technology issues. Uh, see you guys then. Have a good day. Outcast and the slave.